0: This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert, And I'm Josh Havens. We're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life.
1: How early should you have the talk with your kids? In case you haven't noticed, it doesn't take long for kids to find out they have parts down there and that those parts are often different than someone of the other gender. Creating a healthy environment for spiritual growth means creating a healthy environment in all areas of life, especially in the area of sex. In this chapter, Brian unpacks some of the methods he's found useful for teaching your kids about sex and about who God created them to be as sexual beings.
0: Brian Dietz is the marriage and family pastor at High Rock Covenant Church in Arlington, Massachusetts. He's been married to his wife, Heather, for 14 years, and they have three kids, Abby, age 12, Lydia, age 10, and Caleb, age 7. Date nights and family nights are a favorite part of Brian's week, and he loves encouraging others through the highs and lows of their own marital and family intimacy. In 2011, Brian started developing a curriculum called Milestones, raising a Jesus-loving generation to help families in his congregation celebrate spiritual mile markers and prepare for the next season of discipleship. This curriculum has evolved over the years and continues to be one of Brian's biggest passions. In today's hypersexualized
1: culture, it's so important that we have a biblical understanding of who we are as sexual beings. And if we're going to raise the next generation to follow Jesus Christ, we need to also pass along to them a healthy understanding of who they are as sexual beings as well.
0: I know sex is a huge topic right now, and there's so much swirling around in the media, and it seems like it's a it's a minefield of a topic to even take on now, but I was wondering what you guys have done to address that topic. And I mean, you, you mentioned it just a moment ago. So how do you broach the topic and deal with parents on dealing with kids on sex education of, of all levels? I guess you could choose where to go from there. Cause I know that's a broad.
2: Yeah, it's a big one. And I guess this gets into a lot of my own personal story as well. Like, and but i think it has to i think parents freak out about this topic and they want to do something to protect or stop or wrap them up in bubble wrap and duct tape them away or something like but i think the first place they have to look is into their own sex life and their own experiences with their journey to figure out what's so terrifying about this subject and if you don't do that work first we're pretty confident you're gonna really have troubles walking through with your kids and so we put our money where our mouth was that was never a strong suit in our marriage our first 10 years of marriage just it wasn't a big like fight per se it just felt like we just weren't comfortable in that realm and finally we decided you know as our kids are entering adolescence in a few years like We want to get a handle on this. And so we actually went to therapy to work on it ourselves and figure out, okay, how can we be comfortable? It was interesting the first time we we sat down and we, you know, we have some books and we give our parents books to start when their kids are at age three, I think is a great time to start. But when we sat down with our kids, the second book is one where it kind of gets more into it. And uh, my wife was just sort of sitting there like, oh boy, like just you could tell it's just so uncomfortable. And we realized, Okay we need to be more on, in tune with this. And this goes back to our own journey and our own relationship in this area. And so we did that that work and we're still learning, but it was, it was a three-year journey. So we start with families and literally tomorrow we'll be speaking to a, our moms group and sharing a, more of our story and just encouraging them to work on that themselves. And I, again, I just think we can't do anything with kids and teens without addressing the parents, which is what I love about my job. That's really what my role is to think about. But then, after that, we encourage parents to start as young as possible. And the whole idea of the talk, I don't think is very helpful. I think it should be the talks and the conversations. And I know that parents are like, oh man, I have to do this more than once. Like, Yes, like preferably, routinely, regularly, and make it a comfortable, not terrifying, heavy-laden conversation, but one that's like, wait a minute, didn't God create this? And all that kind of stuff that goes with that. So if that's true, which I think theologically people would agree with, then how is it that we're so afraid of it? How is it that we don't want to talk about it with our kids? Well, let's work on that. And I think it's so much easier when they're younger. The more we put it off, which so many parents, it's just so funny to me. They're like, I'm just putting it off. I'm like, you think it's going to get better by putting it off? Like It's one of those things that like, you know, procrastination doesn't usually help, but this is one of those for sure. Like, it's not going to be your friend because if you're waiting until middle school, high school, like, you know, you hear the stories of like on their wedding night, like they sit them down it's like, hey, I need to explain something. Mom, I got it. Like,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and that's so, the problem. They've learned everything from their friends and you've re- it's just, that's really rolling the dice right there because you have no oh, idea. Yeah.
2: Well, and this generation now, it's the internet is so pervasively dangerous in this area that we just have to do all the more to be ready and help our kids feel comfortable and talk about it and name it. So, so we will walk through early on, a couple, there's a couple books I recommend that just kind of walk them through, we love them. Jim Burns uh, has a couple books. Um, God Made My Body, man, I'm gonna butcher these titles, but uh, we can, I don't know, we can put them in the show notes, I can tell you later. But uh, those are two really good books, I feel like. Get you from three to five and then six to nine, somewhere in those range. What were the two books? Uh, It's like God Made My Body and then How God Made Babies or something like that, the two different ages. And then uh, in middle school, I've actually created my own resource that is a little simpler, but I just have, over the years, doing so much middle school ministry, I call it Reclaiming God's Good Gift. And I just have written out about, oh, 10 to 12 to maybe even 15 or 20 questions that I've just seen are somewhat common as I've I've seen like where kids kind of go by the end of middle school. Give them these questions, and I give my little like two or three paragraph answers. So it sort of takes the pressure off the parents like, hey, here's a question, here's an answer, and you can go to town and talk about how crazy you think Pastor Brian is and. He's out to lunch, but we started right the spiritual conversation and we're having the conversation and we can we can talk about it and dialogue about it. But the reason I wrote my own resource at this point is because I've just found that we've gotten a little over the top. I think purity is a great biblical word, but sadly I, I feel like it's it's been laden with baggage. It's now become such a hot topic. And, uh, the church was so afraid that it pushed this, like, you've got to be pure. You must be pure. And if you're not pure, oh my, like you're in trouble. And at the end of the day, what I began to feel was the reality was either you're very self-righteous because you remain pure. Well done. You deserve all the many good gifts and benefits. And I sort of even entered in marriage like that. Like I was pure. So my sex life should be amazing. And it wasn't, it was really hard. So what's up with that, God? Thanks a lot, like (laughs) false advertising. Or you have, oh, I wasn't pure. Okay, well, since that's the main measure of my spirituality, my faith, I guess I'm done. I made one mistake and it's all over. Or I had a season of mistakes. Well, goodness, God will never take me back. And so I just found that I wanted to rethink and reimagine what that looks like. I still, do I want my kids to be pure? Yes, I think again, it's a great biblical word. Unfortunately, it just got misused and abused. And I I find that that's been a danger zone. And so I want to connect it all back to kind of rooted in our faith and God's love for you. And so those questions are designed to just, hey, we're happy to answer and talk about any of these questions. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to honor God, we're trying to honor others, and we're trying to honor ourselves. And so what are that what does that look like? And I broke up the questions into those three areas to help them walk that through. so one of the organizations we love working with, they now call it sexual integrity, which is a nice sort of new way of looking at it, and just being kind of honest and being open and having appropriate boundaries based on being honest and real with myself. and so we think that's a good word, you know it's you know integrity isn't a word that kids use a ton either, so it's a little tricky, but I think it's just rethinking a little bit about what that looks like so that kids can have a a perspective and a healthy perspective and a real perspective. Because again, so many, you know, I I do a lot of premarital counseling and then marriage counseling and they're like, what on earth happened? Like, (laughs) I didn't like, I I totally either messed up or I didn't mess up. And both of those just seem to wreck my whole sex life. And I don't know what to do with that. And so then it goes dark and no one talks about it. And the church is kind of lost and they don't know what to do with this topic. So that doesn't help the next generation at all. So Yeah, I feel like we've done really a terrible to- job
0: communicating proper biblical expectations and and really as a uh, sex as a topic and, and, and an act that should be celebrated. So, cause you're right, right. We're told purity, 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 which means like literally don't think about it. Don't do anything with it. Don't just yeah. put it off until marriage. And then, and then women, I mean, that's just from the man's side of things, right? Like you're bad for having these thoughts. And then women are like, Steer clear of boys because they're only going to use you as objects. Well, then when we come together and there should be a yeah. genuine attraction, like I, this is a struggle between um, get real between me and my wife, because maybe she doesn't consciously observe it. But it's like she views my attraction to her as objective, like I'm objectifying her rather than the Song of Songs model, where it should be celebrated, right, and celebrated in a, in a healthy way. I mean, obviously, there's, there's unhealthy ways um, that we, we can delve into this topic, but I, th- I think you're absolutely right. The Church has done a terrible job at communicating this on this topic in a way that sets our expectations up in a way that is biblical, in a way that should be celebrated.
1: I really like talking about uh, using the word integrity in that, too, because mm-hmm. it opens the door for grace in our sexual experiences. Because so many times when you throw around the word purity and, and the way that the church has talked about it and taught it over the past 50 to 100 years, at least from what I've studied, it's like you said, you've made the one mistake and now it's done. And there's no really no room for grace in that. But if you talk about it in terms of integrity, mistakes are there, but so is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it takes it takes the sting out of the the problem. And you can You can come to the cross with that and say, here it is. And he says, I have nothing but grace for you. And you can go on and continue as a new person in Christ. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So what age do you counsel parents to start talking with their kids about this?
2: So like I said, we we give them books to start at age three, but that's... And that's to
0: talk with the kids about, not just for parents to be readers.
2: Correct. Yes. So that's a book that you read with your child at age three to five. And that one is not as like explicit. It's more like God made your body and these are the different body parts, that sort of stuff. The ways those parts interact comes in at six to nine and you can gauge, but I really, I'm really sold on the idea that somewhere in that window, I think it's wise. Even parents are like, well, they're not asking those questions. Great. How wonderful it is to be able to enter into that conversation first and not wait until somebody else gives them weird information or they're just not thinking about that. Okay, but it's a beautiful thing to think about, so why not like teach them about this wonderful thing? And uh, again, there's so many fears and concerns in our own baggage, we've just gotta accept and own and name that. But we might not get all the way through our own baggage before we just need to talk to our kids about it, and that might be part of the process and even redeeming it and healing it, realizing, goodness, I mean, our kids, like, one of our kids was like, I can't wait to have sex. Like, after we read it, she was just so thrilled, when can I do it? And it was hilarious. And then, and then one of our other daughters like, that sounds really co- fun, show me. And we're like, no, 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 we're not showing <laughs> it you. It's a beautiful thing and you do it in a special place. But yes, so they were really excited. They wanted to understand it and think that was our posture and trying to make it exciting. Not, oh, this is such a dangerous, horrible thing. I'm sorry I have to tell you about this, but this is a great thing.
1: I really liked the idea of talking about them from the ages of three to five. My wife and I have noticed that even with our, our four-year-old and two-year-old, they know where their parts are now. Yeah. And it, that doesn't take long to find those things. No, and they really, really and like so, them. They
2: probably, right. and that's pretty common at that age. Right.
1: And so there are, even even at that young age, there are issues of what you do in public versus what you do in private and what things should remain hidden and what things should be, or are, are okay to talk about in the open or do out in the open. And so I, I think that is really important to start at that young age even. <laughs>
0: There's so many directions to go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to (laughs)
1: focus, Lambert. I'm trying.
0: It's just, it it is. It's such a, and there's a difference between boys and girls. And, and, and oh, yeah. Just even people are different because I think my three year old daughter is more observant. She's observed the parts on her brother, who's nine months old, before my five year old has. She just doesn't care. Like, you know, but she's also the kind of, kid That just can't see the thing right in front of her, and you're like, It's right there, just pick it up and bring me the wipes, you know. Or, and she, she, she's just kind of oblivious and really that kind of free spirit. And uh, so anyway, well, Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. You've shared a lot of great insights and a lot of really practical things that I can't wait to go home and, and try to reorganize and talk about some of the stuff with my wife so that we can hopefully build a stronger marriage and create some of these home tones. in in our house, um, so that we can get our kids growing in the direction that we, we want them to be. We want to be more intentional in that. So thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing that, you know, your journey with us. So, um, is there any final uh, remarks that you'd like to tell our audience?
2: It's been great. And I encourage everyone to just be thoughtful and intentional with their families and their kids and with the next generation, even if you don't have kids yourself. There are so many ways to get involved in blessing the next generation. And I obviously am biased, but I do think it is one of God's richest blessings that he invites us, as messed up and broken as we are, to be ambassadors and vessels of truth and love to the next generation and pass that on. So go out. And as our tagline for Milestones says, let's raise a Jesus-loving generation. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. If
1: you haven't been having regular conversations with your kids about sex, I want to encourage you to begin having those conversations now. If you need a place to start, check out Brian's resource on Reclaiming God's Good Gift of Sex. You can go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and join the Daily Growth community by giving us your email address. And then when you're logged in and you check out the show notes... Down at the bottom of the page, you'll find a link to Brian's resource for helping families have conversations about honoring God, ourselves, and others as sexual beings. As we wrap up this week talking about healthy spiritual formation in the family, not just in the area of sex, but of all things that we grow in spiritually, I want you to consider how you are intentionally creating time and space for that in your own family. If you need help doing that, there are some great resources in the show notes. Be sure to check those out. We've got links to all of the things that Brian's mentioned in this entire episode. But I would also encourage you to find someone else who can walk with you as you go through this experience of raising a spiritually healthy family. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, Go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.